0: Rumors are rumbling that the WGA strike could end in Hollywood. Cinemas have the worst box office weekend of the year. And Killers of the Flower Moon box office projections are out and look great. Let's get into this week's movie news. Hello movie friends, welcome back to another episode of Raiders of the Lost podcast. And movie news where we go through all of the industry news so you don't have to Trailers, casting, movie releases, and box office. Speaking of, we had the worst week of the box office so far this year. The entire total box office this week was forty two million dollars. Now this is actually traditionally one of the slowest weekends of every year. Oh, is it really so September? Middle end of school. Exactly. And just like how like the end of March is also one of the slowest. So last year total box office is only 62 million so this is always like a transitional period into the next season for films and this is kind of where some movies go to die speaking of Lionsgate sent the expendables to the end of september because they <laughs> knew it was making no money expendables four and they put the four where the a is expend four <laughs> very clever <laughs> and expendables four only made eight million dollars in its opening wide release this is a huge loss the lowest by far for the franchise. Now, the first film actually grossed thirty-five million opening weekend, so this is probably like the last snail in the coffin for this franchise. Seems like people aren't that interested. I'm not a huge fan of the trailer. It was a little cheesy. A, I remember what I liked the first movie. It was fun. Yeah, but I, I, liked the ne- first I one. honestly didn't even know they were making a fourth one until I saw the billboards. i like, another expendable? <laughs> like Sylvester Stallone still doing it? <laughs> he said he might even do another Rambo, but we'll see. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna hang up the the. The characters. Like some of them need to just hang it up. Just stop Sly. We don't need Rambo No, he doesn't have to stop making movies, yeah. but like we don't need another Rambo movie. I love Rambo to first play. He's so old. <laughs> <laughs> he did joke that what's he gonna be fighting? Arthritis now? Yes, <laughs> he already is probably yeah. <laughs> so Expendables, We it looks like there's probably not going to be another one. Although it did top the box office, so Mindscape did win barely the it barely beat the Nun <laughs> 2, which got 7.9 million. A Haunting in Venice, $6 million at the, at the box office, equalized at $3, 4700000 Barbie is still making money, $2.8 and it's also hitting IMAX this week. So you can yeah. get tickets to see Barbie in IMAX in case you've missed it or you just want to see it on the biggest screen possible. Do that for sure. Yeah, it's been in the top five since its release, so it's a very impressive feat by Barbie. That's insane. Yeah, just, insane. just like Top Gun last year, and the IMAX re-release definitely rejuvenated some box office into it. And then My Big Fat Greek Wedding came in sixth place with $2.7 million. The new horror film from Neon, It Lives Inside... Actually debuted to a very dismal 2.6 million dollar opening weekend. What is this movie? It lives inside. And we've seen the trailers it a couple of nice. times. A year. It's about the girl who's being haunted by. There's a like a. Oh yeah, yeah. There yeah, was yeah. a girl with a jar with like yeah. some kind of stuff in it, and then she the jar broke open. And yeah, everyone thinks she's weird, and then she starts getting possessed. I found the trailer to be pretty cliche ridden and not very scary. It was just like oh, jump scares, and it seemed like audiences felt the same because nobody came out for this film. 2.6 million on um modestly wide release it's it's playing in over 2000 theaters so that's a bomb when you play in that man. many theaters you want around 10 million well i mean the budget probably wasn't huge definitely a small budget definitely yeah so it might end up making money then we'll see i mean they're splitting costs remember i mean yeah, box yeah. office so we'll see dumb money also is coming out with a modest release it's playing in 600 theaters right now it made 2.4 million that's a pretty low box office considering they're in all the major markets in the north in um, North America. What's the budget on this one? The budget's got to be around thirty to forty Let because there are, there are a lot of big names in that film. Sony is releasing this film. It's going to expand to wide theaters next week, but it is only expected to make about six to eight million. So it's going to be a very, a very low box office run. For thirty million dollar budget for dumb money. Man, I and was this, around the money. The marketing campaign is pretty. The terrible. marketing because we live in LA, so we get lots of billboards and posters every. We saw three billboards and posters last night on our way to the new Beverly and they were some of the worst billboards I've seen in years because I can't really see what's going on on the billboard. It looks like a YouTube thumbnail mixed with, like you said earlier, a lawyer, like a lawyer ad, like an ad for like an accident lawyer. Yeah. Very cheesy, and, like, you couldn't really make out the actors in the poster. It's like, you have Paul Dano in your movie as the lead. How is he not just the poster? It's Paul Dano! Yeah, so the poster, it's yellow background with a ton of font. There's a lot of text in the billboard. And then they had the actors all cut out on the bottom of the poster, but then they had the release information and the credits information over their faces. Paul Dano's face is covered with text. And he's got big sunglasses on, so you can't even tell it's him. So, I don't understand. Why is that billboard not just... Paul Dano's face with dumb money. That's it. Like he's one of he's one of the hottest actors on social media. People love the guy. You don't even know he's in the movie if you haven't seen the trailer. I found them and then we saw another billboard, bus stop billboards. There I saw three of them, and it was just text with a yellow background. It's like, how are you not showing an actor's face on these billboards? I wonder if people even know if it's a movie or not. It, clearly not, since it only made two point four million. Yeah, man. And it's an interesting story. Obviously, it's about everything that happened with the stock market in 2020 yeah. with uh, GameStop and the apes. But, like, what is going on with this don't marketing campaign? I not understand the marketing of this film. Like, how do you have a billboard without a single actor's face on it? At least have it? Paul Dano and Seth Rogen yes. as, like, the big faces on need. the posters. That's, that's, that's you how need. you sell a movie. Yeah. I think people. Oh, they got a new movie. Oh, Paul Dano and Seth Rogen in a movie. I gotta check this out. Exactly. Like stars sell movies. Man, I don't, I don't understand that marketing campaign. I was shocked last night when we saw those billboards. And then finishing up the box office, Blue Beetle pulled in 1.7 million, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem pulled in 1.5 million. Just adding a little stats to their. To so we their got box 10 office. films. None of them broke 10 million. That's wild. That's pretty low. I mean, back to school, September. People are yes. The yeah. seasons are changing. People are getting tired and seasonal depression. Everyone's going. In. No, every. Everyone's going to Target to buy Halloween decorations. That's what we're all doing. <laughs> no, nah, man, that seasonal depression's hitting hard. <laughs> it's starting. I'm actually happy because it's cool down in L.A. Same. And it, it's just, we can wear pants and sweaters now, so it's very nice. Now, there's uh, new projections out for Killers of the Flower Moon now. The film releases in one week, everyone. Holy crap. October 30th. I mean, October 20th. Well, w- I'm week? sorry. It's September. Do you know what date it is? It's September 24th. The <laughs> film releases in, in less than a month, everyone. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> <laughs> so three and a half weeks. You can see it on October 20th. Now, the projections for this are very healthy. We're looking at a opening weekend of around $30 to $35 million. Now, this is rated R and an epic, so that's a great opening weekend for, for projections. And it's expected to make around... 100 to 135 million dollars in the domestic area so it looks like this film could gross internationally globally over 300 million dollars which is awesome you can believe apple didn't want to do a wide release for this man they're gonna make so much money off of they it they really are they'll make their budget back and more and they're like oh we actually don't need it to depend on subscriptions yeah and then when you compare it to this box office this week there's a bunch of new releases then there's a lot of movies that it's their second weekend it shows that Audiences are really interested still in very engaging original content. No, Not sequels, not franchises. Killers of the Flower Moon, it's a mature R-rated epic, and it's got a better projection than most of these movies combined this weekend. Nice. Now let's get into the news. There's a lot to talk about for this week. There's a lot going on. Number one is the WGA strike in Hollywood, which is obviously ongoing still. They're also striking with SAG. We all know this. Biggest news every week. However, it's been stagnant for a while. But now, apparently, there are a lot of rumors going on that it could end pretty soon. So there is three straight days of negotiations from Wednesday to Friday. They haven't discussed negotiations that long since the strike started. Usually, they've been very quick and then in and out and like, nope, that's not good for us. And so progress seems to be getting made. And, I mean, rumors could ha- are coming out that it could end this week. Weekend talks are going to continue. And I mean, it could end the morning this episode posts on Sunday, September 24th, or after the episode posts, it could end on Sunday. If it ends, I bet they do it on a weekday. It's better for press and everything to do it on like a Monday or Tuesday. But I mean, it's possible that the strike could end, and we don't know. But again, it's possible the negotiations could fail. But I mean, this is really a huge step because I I believe the previous negotiations lasted less than 30 minutes each time. Yeah, there was like they were in and out of the room. Studios were like, no, we're not giving you that. And then the Writers Guild's uh, representatives were like, they walked out. So the fact that they've gone three, now four days straight of negotiating like all day. And we also heard that the CEOs of the studios have been involved in the negotiations. which And they weren't before. Like they're all sitting in and actually taking part in the negotiations. So that's awesome. Rumors, also- they've all cleared their schedules. The CEOs of Hollywood <laughs> apparently have cleared their schedules to actually pay people. So we'll find out. But... It would be incredible news if the WJ strike could end, yeah. and then maybe the SAG strike could follow after. And then, I mean, for you, the back of your mind is Dune 2 will come back to September. No, it's November 3rd. <laughs> November was the 3rd? the original release date, Anthony. You still remember it. <laughs> it's ingrained. I Eden. had it tattooed on my chest. <laughs> I was like, Dune part 2, November 23rd. Can't wait. 2023, baby. Be there. Be square. It's like the birth of my firstborn. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Well, since we're on Dune, I have a, a bit of Dune news. We might as well just stay on real quick. So... What I love about some of these big movies is you kind of get to see things about the film teased through marketing, but also with toys. So obviously, when a big movie comes out, there's all sorts of toy production. Different companies make toys. Some of them are really high quality. Some are they're just fun. Now, McFarlane Toys have an entire new line for Dune Part Two. Do they characters. do the super high quality ones? No, not no. super high quality, yeah. but they're they're detailed. more con- more consumer, detailed enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah a little cheaper like yeah. not the insanely cool gotcha, ones gotcha. but still very cool mm-hmm. but so Dune McFarlane Toys has a new line of Dune Part 2 and it's really interesting because you get it's re- revealing things about the characters there's a couple of characters in there that I didn't even know were going to be in this movie and also you get to look at some of the wardrobe some of the weaponry And just cool characters. And honestly, if you want to check it out, take a peek. I don't want to spoil anything, but I obviously wanted to. So I looked at (laughs) the toys to get a little tease of what to expect from specifically the Fremen as well as we got Robin in there played by Dave Bautista and Fade Rautha uh, played by Austin Butler. So action figures for a bunch of the characters, including them. There's also a a scene figure of Fide and Paul fighting. Yeah so kind of cool. yes yeah yeah it's yeah. a bit and then okay. Gurney Halleck's in there yeah. and, and uh yeah did you buy any no i didn't buy them you will they're too little low, like low quality if okay. i would get like like the ones we were talking about remember oh yeah yeah what's that company that makes those there's that hot, co- there's, hot toys? There's, yeah hot toys yeah i believe that's one they one of make them. the super high quality there's a ones. few ver- there's yeah. a few companies that do it mm-hmm that would be sick to have on set. That'd be amazing. You man. just put you put it next to your bed. Just a Paul with Paul Trades uh, standing on the cliffside. Well, we <laughs> saw screaming. that one when we went to yeah. Comic Con last year. Yeah. I was like doing circles around her for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> James didn't move for an hour. Was he so just kept too. staring at it. <laughs> yeah, they had asked me to leave. <laughs> now, something that might be a result of if the strikes end up getting solved, something that we will, will see and we already have been seeing is an increase in subscription fees for streaming apps. So so far this year Disney Plus, Hulu, and Max have all increased their subscriptions and now Amazon Prime has followed suit. So Amazon Prime announced that they're going to be adding ads to Prime accounts. So these companies man. So <laughs> they Like all... you don't have enough money Amazon. <laughs> for real. For real. Now, if you want ad-free content on Prime, you're gonna have to pay an extra $2.99 per month, so three dollars. Well, per obviously month. I'm gonna pay it. Yeah, no one obviously wants to pay it. The thing God is, like, it. when you have an app that for ten years there was never an ad on it, it's kind of shitty to throw ads on it. I understand if you if it's lower grade subscription fee to throw to no ads, but to have the same script subscription have ads on it, oh man, I don't like that. You know, they're like, we lost a lot of money on Rings of Power. We might need to make some yeah. of that back. But also, this might be like. The way that they can pay writers and actors well, better. What's their way of justifying? Exactly, and I, I we, know, yeah. I, mean, I know they have making they can, cake. <laughs> I know they're taking secretly, and they're really pulling. Oh, in. it ain't no secret. <laughs> but this could be a way, like you know, what pay an extra couple bucks a month, and then the actors and writers will get better payment. So maybe that's part of like them being able to do the deal. This is probably their plan the whole time. I mean, yeah, it out and then raise prices. What are the odds of every streaming app increasing its price? Around Netflix the as well. Around yeah, the same time, In the same year. Like, come on, it's all—it's all like a—it's hey, just price pointing. Oh Lord, uh, <laughs> it's just capitalism, bro. And we should just like share an Amazon Prime. Should why we? not? I mean, we could. What's what are the what are the cons to having your own? Well, I mean, I want to order my own stuff. Yeah, but it will still get sent here. I don't want to share every account i have with you yeah but you're saving 17 a month i'm my own person all right all right all right i I don't want to i don't want to know what you're ordering to the house (laughs) (laughs) what what is that supposed to mean all i order is whey protein and and xylitol gum yeah exactly i don't want to see that (laughs) but then the packaging gets mixed up i actually like no, you can change. Up, you just change the. No, I know, but some. I'm gonna, I know that, but like sometimes you're ordering something really quick. I'm cool with my own Amazon account. All, all right, right. When all you right. finally have a significant other, and I finally have a significant <laughs> other, then we can share Amazon accounts with that. But you know, with that, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna with date that with that, <laughs> that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sharing a fucking Amazon account with you. All right, moving all right. on. <laughs> Speaking of Lionsgate, how we talked about them earlier, with some of their movies coming out that are not doing super well at the box office, like Expendables. We got our first teaser and look at The Continental, which is a prequel TV series to John Wick. I believe it follows the guy who runs the hotel, right? Yeah, his his origin story. What's his name? Um, Winston. Winston. Winston's origin story. And it's just a little quick teaser, and I'm not completely sold on it, completely. And production design looks really solid, but I, I need to see more. But I'm curious, but the teaser did not get me super excited about it. Yeah, it seems to be the plot is a group of assassins are planning to rob the Continental, and then it's like all-out action mayhem. This is actually just going to be a three-part miniseries. Uh, so it's like basically... Oh, so it's not like a season it's of not, TV. It's not going to be like a full season, so it's three long episodes. So I also... I think the trailer looks okay, but it's not like... I'm not going to get Peacock to watch it. It didn't feel like John Wick. It doesn't feel like John Wick. That's what was odd about it is it didn't feel like a John Wick-like world-verse. They're not going to do the same lighting because it's it's a contemporary lighting for John Wick with the neon. They're not going to do that lighting in the 70s, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's going to look different. But But I I mean, when he's in the hotel, it's not neon lighting. That's true. You're right. It just didn't, I mean, it doesn't feel quite right and it doesn't it, it doesn't I need to see a full trailer. Yeah, it didn't I mean, I wasn't completely sold and I'm not going to get Peacock to watch it. So <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be on Peacock if you want to watch it. Or Stars if you have Amazon Prime with Stars. Oh, it's going to be on Stars too. Yeah, if you have like the Stars subscription with Prime. But I'm curious, but not sold yet. Not not completely. Not sold. What's this Napoleon sneak peek? Tell me about so, it. So, on Twitter, uh, the Napoleon Twitter account released a 15-second teaser. It's the only place you can watch it. I mean, I'm sure someone put it on YouTube eventually now. And it's just a little quick look of the crowning ceremony of when he became oh. king of France. And it's great because he crowns himself. It's in the original trailer, too. But it's just a, a quick sh- like 15-second tease of the sequence of him going to the throne and great voiceover of someone saying, like, you're the greatest uh, emperor of all time mm-hmm. in which is up for debate. You're a wicked awesome guy, <laughs> but um, I mean, I can't wait for this movie. Release date is November 22nd, and Ridley Scott plans to also release a director's cut because he's the man. I it's going to be over four hours. Yeah, I can't wait. Joaquin yeah. Phoenix as Napoleon. This is one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Do you know about how? Do we talk about how Napoleon wasn't sure how to play the role within two weeks? So Napoleon in real life didn't. I know mean, how to Joaquin. Play the... <laughs> Joaquin wasn't sure what to do. In terms of how to play Napoleon. Yeah, did we talk about that? So did he get cast two weeks before they went No, no, recruiting? he was cast for a while beforehand. And while Ridley and his team were in pre-production, and they were literally two weeks out from shooting, Joaquin goes to him and he goes, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I don't know how to approach this character. And I'm just completely lost. And Ridley Scott was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so what they did was Ridley Scott cleared his schedule like every day for two weeks, like hours each day. And he and Joaquin Phoenix sat down for several hours each day, went through the script scene by scene, bit by bit, and really helped hone the character together and figure out a way for Joaquin to approach the character. Because Joaquin, like he doesn't want to film it if he doesn't know what he's doing. And so they managed to work it out. And then by the end of these meetings, Joaquin felt confident enough to continue production. So then they went forward with it. Obviously, I mean, Ridley Scott has worked with him before famously, and then Joaquin's just one of the best actors alive, so it's not like Joaquin went through an audition process for it. Yeah, it's just that maybe he had trouble finding the character. Exactly. I mean, it's a very complex character, and maybe the script was kind of ambiguous for how he was want- well, how he really wanted to play it. Exactly, so what happened was they actually had to rework the script based upon Joaquin's needs and wants for the character, so they actually changed a lot of things with the story from what Ridley Scott said. He said they, they basically did a, a pretty good rewrite for Joaquin compared to what the original script was. Interesting. Well, so I I'm, I'm really curious. Like wait. if lean on Joaquin for your movie. It's yeah, gonna be absolutely. great. Absolutely. I mean, I love history and Napoleon's a really fascinating human in existence from mm-hmm. what he did and I can't wait to see it portrayed on film. This is gonna I think this movie looks like it could be a big surprise of the year. Yeah. And I mean I don't know what the box office will be because period pieces like aren't doing so well lately, but yes. I cannot wait to see it. I'll be there. And it's um it's a 20th century studios film i believe is it i believe so so it's a disney movie <laughs> technically well, let me check it might yeah ridley's always worked with fox in 20th century for most of his career so it still might be a 20th century movie let's see napoleon the film who's is distributed being distributed by apple tv apple in columbia so sony oh, yes yeah, apple tv wrong. and sony and obviously Scott free productions so you're wrong dead wrong dead wrong guy dead wrong let's move on what's this chris evans thing GQ you know they do their YouTube um, videos where a, an actor or a director will break down their career. Yes. Chris Evans is this month's and it's, it's, so it's an it's <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but it's a great 25-minute chat where he breaks down his most uh, famous characters and roles and he did, he did a, some really cool background on some interesting films most notably Snowpiercer. He talked about the production of that and how so the whole film set on a train and the entire set he said the enti- every train car was actually on a gimbal so the and every set was just slightly rocking back and forth and he said it added so much to them being able to immerse themselves into the sets he was talking about how big the sets were how they were all real there's very minimal visual effects and Bong Joon-ho really built everything and he actually he he kind of like shat on Marvel. He's like as opposed to Marvel, where he literally said, where you're just acting in front of green screens and talking to fake aliens that aren't really there. <laughs> I was like, damn. Hey, he made his money. The contract's own. up. I guess you can talk shit about he it now. He made that money. But um, it's really cool to hear the background of some movies like that. Um, and a bunch of others. Definitely check it out. It's, I love those chats, especially when it's a really interesting actor or someone you really love. So it's to, on yeah. GQ's YouTube channel. I, I feel like people always forget that he was in a Bong Joon Ho movie. Dude, and Snow it's Pierce. Great, was excellent. It's and, his best performance. Yeah, he's got some. Gr- some great dialogue that. What's he say? He's like, uh, uh, I I know what people taste like, and I know babies taste the best. I know so messed taste up. The best. <laughs> so messed up. It's an excellent film. Yeah. yeah. Moving on to some news. The Creator is coming out this week. It releases on September 29th. We got a sneak peek of it um, last month. We got to see about 15 minutes, 20 minutes of the footage as well as in uh, Q&A with Gareth Edwards, the director. He made Rogue One. So I'm really excited to check this out. Starring John David Washington. It's great re- alternate... I mean, this great dystopian future where AI and humanity are at war with each other. It looks pretty freaking interesting. It's getting great reactions. There's some yeah. um, uh, early social media reactions are saying it's really fantastic. Yeah, and I love the, the blend of... Sort of like a Vietnam War film with like Blade Runner technology and in cyborg technology, AI technology. It's really fascinating. Oh yeah, big time! I'm very excited about this movie. I love sci-fi, man. <laughs> we need. There hasn't been that much sci-fi this year. We need an original sci-fi, like a big one. Yeah. Uh, what What's the big sci-fi movie before this? Has there been one outside of the superhero genre? Let me think. What's the big sci-fi movie? I'm sure there's been. A this few. is the only like big one so far this year. I think. It's been pretty slow for sci-fi this year. Let me... Hey, you do the next thing, I'll look up. So last week, we talked about Bill Burr and his directorial debut, Old B- Old Dads. They dropped the trailer this week. This is going to be a Netflix movie, and it looks really funny. Like, for comedies, this looks awesome. It's all... It's about three old guys, and they're trying to fit in in the contemporary progressive culture where they clearly are very outdated with their sense of humor and Their sense of uh, culture. If their sense of humor is outdated, mine minus two. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> it's it's a really funny trailer, and Bill Burr seems to be taking. I, I was expecting it to be a little crazy and raunchier, but he's doing like a much more uh, subtle take on the idea. Gotcha. It's, so it's less like in your face raunchy, but still it's hilarious. I like the trailer a lot. Out of the side so of the big franchises like superheroes and transformers, we had sixty five was which, yeah. A that's big it. Sci fi film. Yeah, that's it. Really. Crater. And I didn't. I don't even know what crater is. Yeah, that's it. It's Not, been a slow year for sci-fi, this but there's year. some coming out this the, the fall. We got uh-huh. we got some coming out. Cool, cool. Besides the crater, I've been craving sci-fi Me too, man. It's my favorite genre, man. Yeah, there, I just there hasn't been any. Hasn't been and any. sci-fi was in '65 was such a disappointment. We got a trailer for a new A24 film this week called Dream Scenario, which <laughs> finally puts Nick Cage and A24 working together in a movie. Cannot wait. The trailer looks really interesting. It's about a hapless man, a family man, who finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. When his nightmare when his nighttime appearances take a nightmarish turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom. It looks pretty cool. It's a great it's concept. It's a fun concept. It is awesome. I love his character design. Uh he, he, he just he's like Heavily balding with a white beard. It's like, oh, he's Glasses, yellow, get, Yeah, he just looks like a completely different person. He's a guy. He's just like having fun being a chameleon. And it's a fun concept. It's got like a light comedic tone, but then it turns a little darker in the trailer. I'm sure the, the film goes a little darker, more heavy. Mm-hmm. Like so, the nightmare sequences. Yeah, look so cool. I'm looking I'm I think it looks really interesting. There's also a new trailer for the upcoming Hunger Games film, the prequel film. And we get a little... Snow origins. B- Snow origins. <laughs> the, last, the last trailer was pretty low on like specifics, but this time we get to really see... The m- movie really is about Snow and his rise from... He was basically like a trained part of the capital, and his job is as... He's going to be a mentor to the co-lead of the film. And that's where the relationship begins, just like how Woody Harrelson was J-Law's um mentor in the first films haymitch and katniss anthony i couldn't remember the name christ
1: (laughs) i was like woody what's his
0: fucking name they weren't really in the hunger games (laughs) anthony (laughs) it looks pretty good it looks pretty good it was i think this trailer looks a lot better than the first trailer i'm not completely sold on it but i mean it might be a fun like escapist big sci-fi film we'll see and it's got like the retro vibe of like the, it's like the 1960s with the sci-fi element, like the TVs and everything. Yeah, so yeah, So technology yeah. looks a little different, which mm-hmm. is cool. That's a great point. All of us strangers, we got finally got a trailer for this film. Highly anticipated movie starring Paul Meskel, Andrew Scott, Andrew Scott, Jamie Bell, and Claire Foy uh, from director Andrew Hay. And this one is a really great concept. So here's the synopsis. One night in his near-empty tower block in contemporary London, Adam, played by Andrew Scott, has a chance encounter with a mysterious neighbor, Harry, Paul Meskel which punctures the rhythm of his everyday life. As a relationship develops between them, Adam is preoccupied with his memories of the past and finds himself drawn back to the suburban town where he grew up in the childhood home where his parents, played by Claire Foy and Jamie Bell, appear to be living just as they were on the day they died 30 years before. I think it's a really great concept, and I feel like this movie is going to destroy me. Yeah, it looks really interesting, and there's sequences where Andrew Scott, as an adult, is like speaking with and embracing his parents, but it's technically it's like kind of like ghost-like memories of him as a child. But yeah. his parents haven't aged because they're yeah. basically lost in time from the day they died. They're still in their like late 30s. It looks like a cool concept, and that's a hell of a cast. It is. It's really interesting. It's like if you can interact with your memories mm-hmm. at like your current age. Mm-hmm like years later just go back in your memories and like Yeah, there's cuz there's a shot where he's hugging Jamie Bell and they're both like the same age, but then it did an- another cut where Jamie Bell's hugging the like 6-year-old version of him. Yeah. But it's like the same moment. Interesting concept. I'm going to cry. Rich <laughs> <laughs> Richard Linklater's upcoming film Hitman, which just debuted at a at the Toronto, Toronto International Film Festival was, was sold to Netflix for 20 million cool dollars. The most expensive film bought there. This is a really good sale. I mean, I like Glenn Powell. I haven't seen him as a lead in any of his films. I know he's led a couple of films, but I haven't seen him as a lead. But I think he's got a lot of potential to be a big-time movie star, and I think Richard Linklater is just one of the coolest directors alive. So the movie's about an undercover Houston police officer who poses as a reliable hitman to arrest those trying to hire him until he tries to save a woman in need. So it's not like he's like an assassin. Gotcha. So he's posing as a hitman to try to catch people trying to hire a hitman. Powell also co-wrote the script with Link. With co-wrote the script with Linklater, and it's getting rave reviews. Ninety-eight percent on Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Was Glenn Powell? And every everybody wants some. Everybody wants some. It's the Linklater. Yeah, baseball he was movie. in that. Was he? Yeah. That's that's yeah. You're right. He was in it. He's in that movie. They must have had, like, a great working relationship and became pals because that was not too long ago. That was, like, 2018, 2019. I mean, I think Powell's about to just blow the hell up. I mean, he was awesome in Top Gun Maverick, and he's got, like, the look. He's got the chops. He's got the charisma, and he's got this movie coming out. Then he's got the one with Sidney Sweeney coming out, I think, at the end of this year as well, the the rated R rom-com, or maybe early next year. Well, from what I've read, he's one of those actors for, like, the last six years, he's been, like, second or third in line to get a role. Yeah. Like, he's just—he's been in the room. He's been in the top contenders for major roles, but he's just never gotten like gotten it. And so he's always. It seems to like he's always been in the talks, and Hollywood has known who he is for a long time, just waiting for its breakout. This is gonna be a huge movie for him, I think. Mm-hmm. Like for Top Gun Maverick, he and his agents wanted him for Rooster. And then Tom Cruise had to be like, "You would be great for Iceman." Yeah, he he wouldn't finish Hangman. <laughs> I don't think he would have worked for Rooster. He's like got that. He can do the brava- like the bravado like macho thing really well, like in that movie. Yeah, he's yeah, but he's Rooster. Perfect as Miles hangman. Teller's perfect as Rooster. Yeah, but good for him, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I I fucking love Richard Linklater. He's fucking he's really what is. a what a cool director. We got a new image, and it's, it's a still. For The Killer, David Fincher's movie starring Michael Fassbender coming out this year for Empire Magazine, and the shot is him and Tilda Swinton on set. Well, I mean, it's still from the movie. They're having dinner. Who knows what's going on? Now, for Fincher, The Killer has been a passion project for him for years. It was first reported all the way back in 2007 that he was going to make an adaptation of this graphic novel The Killer, or it's called The Complete The Killer, for Paramount. It's called The Complete The Killer? The Complete The Killer. huh However, this never panned out, but the project saw new life in 2021 when Fincher set it up at Netflix, who lets him do whatever he wants, where he has a four-year deal, so that's why he made Mank, and then he's going to make this, and maybe, who knows, if he'll be able to get another one in there Hmm. as well. Now, The Killer is slated to receive a limited theatrical release on October 27th before leaving theaters and going to Netflix on November 10th, so I highly recommend checking it out in theaters if you can. Check your theaters back in, in a month. And if not, watch on Netflix. That's crazy. He's been trying to get this made for over 15 years. That's wild. You know it's going to be good. Yeah, he must be really invested in this to spend that much time trying to develop a movie. Like, that was before he even made The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. That's a long time. Yeah. Long fucking time. Long fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) How long been undercover? (laughs) Long fucking time. Departed. Speaking of DiCaprio, that's a Departed reference. (laughs) Um, Killers of the Flower Moon... Some news about this. DiCaprio, in an interview, revealed that Martin Scorsese broke like a, a longstanding casting tradition where he, obf- he always auditions actors, and he even auditioned Leo for Gangs of New York. He doesn't audition Leo anymore, obviously, but for the first time working together, they auditioned him. Leonardo DiCaprio revealed that Scorsese cast Lily Gladstone after just a Zoom meeting with her without her reading any lines or even auditioning for the role. DiCaprio said he's never seen Scorsese do this before. Quotes, Lily is absolutely astonishing in this movie. She carries the entire film and the story. There was no reading. Marty just instinctively, instinctively knew Lily was the one. There was a truthfulness in your eyes, and he saw that over a computer screen. I've never known Scorsese to meet somebody and then immediately afterwards have this gravitational pull and instinctively say, let's not wait another minute and cast this person. I bet you she wins Best Supporting Actress. She seems like a shoe-in. Well, unless she's a... She'll be a lead. Lead Actress, yeah. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Like, I mean, it seems seems like the... She's got it up for grabs already, honestly. I mean, just from the trailer, she's got it. Mm -hmm. She's got that draw, that on-camera presence, Mm -hmm. you can tell really quickly. And, I mean, he knows what he's doing. (laughs) He's been doing it for a while, and he's the best ever. We got some news. Oh, you've, you've come around? I've been saying he's the best ever for a while. But he's not your favorite. That's yeah, what it is. Difference. Gotcha. I'm gotcha. just being objective, bro. Yeah, yeah I got you. Objective. I see. We got some news on Smile 2. It's been given a release date, October 18th, 2024. I loved Smile, the horror movie that came out last year. It was one of my favorites of the year. I mean, we had an excellent year in 2022 for the horror yeah, genre. Yeah, was good. This year has just been, like, it's been pretty good. It's been, pretty good. It's been, been, been a, good. a few. Last year was just, like, overwhelming. There was, like, 12 really good ones. Yeah, man. There was, yeah. It was an awesome year. But Smile was one of my favorites that year. And I'm very excited about this. I love curse movies. If you haven't seen Smile, check it out. But I'll be seeing Smile, too. And then, finally, a movie studio releasing a horror movie in October. <laughs> <laughs> like, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> Not the spring? <laughs> How many came out in March and April? That's Unreal, insane. man. Three Dracula movies came out <laughs> before the summer. <laughs> All right, guys. This is the best time to see Dracula movies, I guess. (laughs) Smile. this is the perfect release date for a horror film, October 18th. So, like, right before Halloween. You're not worried about people being busy on Halloween, going to parties and events and stuff. You want to avoid that weekend. So, I think it's a great date. It's going to make a boatload of money. All right, next up. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 has finally ended its theatrical run with a pretty disappointing 566 million dollar global box office. The film cost about 250 million dollars to make. So it, it it did profit, although they obviously want closer to a billion dollars for this. This was only 170 million dollars of a domestic gross, which is second lowest in the franchise, but it faced the unforeseen insane obstacle of Barbenheimer. This Kind of just perfect storm of marketing and social media and cultural zeitgeist that exploded. <laughs> no pun intended, in movie theaters, and that's definitely a reason for its low run. If if it had come out maybe a month before, I could see Mission Impossible Seven making at least seven fifty. I mean, if it came out two weeks a week before, yeah, because yeah. yeah. really, it came out a week before Barbenheimer. Yes, Heimer. that so that weekend it was like July fourteenth. Mm-hmm. But they are gonna make the second one, and I can't wait. Well, I mean, the eighth yeah, one. it's mostly made, yeah. It's not gonna stop. Them. It's gonna have. They'll have a rebound next year. There ain't gonna be a Barbenheimer next year. Like to compete. Yeah, exactly. With. <laughs> it's just like for for three weeks. It was like people were choosing like MI7 was just like the least interesting option for audiences. Yeah. For three weeks straight. You know. They got enough in for that first week, but but it definitely made a little money for sure. Mm-hmm. Final bit of news: There's a new horror movie at Hulu, an original called. No One Will Save You. It's been recommended to us by a bunch of people. Now, this is an alien horror invasion, home invasion movie, not just Earth invasion, home invasion as well, And except there's basically no dialogue in the movie. Check out the trailer. It's really interesting. No words spoken. It's all great sound design and just great physical acting. And again, the trailer slaps. It's not a theatrical release. It seems like it would be a great theater movie, Uh but it's a Hulu original. And it's out now. I like the concept. Yeah, minimal dialogue, trying something new. Yeah, I believe I think there's maybe it's just like know. a person yeah, dealing so with it. Like gr- they wouldn't be talking. It's this young woman who lives home alone uh-huh. in a house, and it seems like a small town. And then there's an alien invasion, but it's, it starts as a home invasion. This uh-huh. is in the trailer. It starts as a home invasion, but then it turns into it's an alien invasion. I like that because it, it's like putting you into their shoes. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to be talking to anyone. So like, and it's probably like real time, maybe too. Yeah, that's that's a no, cool it's not part. real time. No, no. Why are you just jumping to conclusions over there? I said probably. I mean, that sounds even more interesting. (laughs) If it was a real-time alien invasion movie. (laughs) Um, I'll check out the trailer. It's like signs if it was a quiet place. Okay. Gotcha. That's what it's One like. person. Yeah. With one person. Well, I mean there's a whole town. Like it's not real time. She like leaves her house. There's a couple days. Uh huh. So it's, oh, got it's like a m- multiple day period. Maybe watch the trailer. So it's an ensemble, <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> so it's the the most words spoken in film ever. <laughs> so it's like a huge cast of characters. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Now we're actually doing a little update to our schedule. So this upcoming week. We're going to be releasing episodes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday now, so we're going to do our big episodes on Monday and Wednesdays, and then our letterboxed episodes, the recap episodes, will be coming out on Fridays now, so we're just changing up the schedule to give audiences and listeners a little more time to listen to the longer episodes, so you get a day in between. Yeah, we, I think we were doing three in a row. We were doing, th- yeah, three in Sunday, a row. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. It was just a bit much, so I yeah. think we're going we're to space them out a little bit and see how it goes, so... I know all of you are like, we can't wait for Thursdays," but now it's <laughs> yeah. just gonna be Wednesday. So Monday will be a main episode. Wednesday will be a main episode. Letterboxd on Friday, and then movie news always on Sunday. And it'll, the Patreon episodes will post in between those days as well. So I think that gives because like we just we made a very long episodes the last few Mondays, and it's like then we post another episode right after it. So we want to give y'all a little more time to if you didn't get a chance to listen to it on Monday you can listen to it all day on Tuesday too. And episodes this week on Monday will be 1994, a year in film we're going to break down all of the movies worth talking about from that epic year of cinema. And then on Wednesday, the other main episode will be what are we doing? Oh, The Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Get busy living or get busy dying. We've talked about it before. We did a prison episode back in 2020, I think. We did it's prison a long, movies log fucking time. We did, Shaw- <laughs> we did Shawshank. Shutter Island, which is kind of a prison movie to an extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then uh, Escape from Alcatraz. But we only did like 20 minutes on Shawshank. We're going to do like two hours. We're going to do 16 great. hours. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just never going to end. <laughs> the cameras won't <laughs> shut off. It'll be Ed TV, except <laughs> talking about the Shawshank <laughs> Redemption. We're actually going to get like, put in prison. And we're going to try to escape. That's what, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> Maybe we should have killed that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you try things to get like viral we're, but we're, we're trying to be method yeah. podcasters now method. i mean we're just trying new things with marketing you know <laughs> it's all marketing sorry to the guy we killed <laughs> <laughs> was not that important but uh, <laughs> he won't be missed but <laughs> thanks for tuning in best way to share best way to help our show is to share us with your friends and loved ones who love cinema who love tv if they like movies send them the show leave a five-star rating or review on spotify or apple and become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. See y'all later. See you next time. Sorry, I stole like, your like. It's ending. okay, man. I, I, get it. I get it. Hey, you do you it. You have to have everything. You do it. <laughs> no, I don't want hey, to. Hey, you're anymore. the one who wants to share it Amazon Prime account. I don't, I don't account. want to. You want to. Sh- yeah, you you're Yeah, the- I'm, I'm about sharing a community. <laughs> That's not community. I don't want to share Amazon I didn't account. I do not take anything from you. I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm just saying we can. Put our economics, like, save some money. Bro, I'm good. All right, right. I'm good. All right, right. you have your own Amazon. I have my own Amazon. saying, 20 bucks for Amazon is a lot. Oh, well. See you next time. (laughs) Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button as well. Notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. You can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.